Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Gretel and Hansel. Gretel and Hansel is a 2020 horror film based on the German folklore tale Hansel and Gretel by the Brothers Grimm. It tells a story set a long time ago in a distant fairy tale countryside about a young girl who leads her little brother into a dark wood in desperate search of food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. Is it really a nexus or is it one woman? <laughs> it's one old crony woman with very black fingers, yeah. Crone is one of my favourite words. <laughs> Why? There was there's a Chris this is like really off topic for horror, but there was a Christmas movie that I watched and there's just like an old woman in the forest and she just gets repeatedly called Old Crone. <laughs> like that's probably her name in the script. Oh, I've seen that. That's that's Yeah, it's that that shitty one that we watched. Fucking the night before Christmas. Yeah. That's the one. Vanessa yeah. Hudgens. <laughs> phoning it the fuck in. <laughs> it's obviously her name in the script, but like he just calls her that. He's like, Hey, old crone again and again. Crone's a great word. It's like having a character just called fuckhead. <laughs> yeah. It, I think both both terms really paint a picture of the person they're talking about. I think that's why it works so well. You say crone, you know what you're talking about. All right. This film. Um, this is, out of everything we've watched on this show, this is my least favorite movie. Oh, fuck by, off. By a fair way. Yep. Really? Yep. Tom Rebuttal? Well, look. So, full disclosure, I watched this before these two guys did, and I really enjoyed it. And recommended it to both of them because I thought, hey, it's a fun movie. It's not jump scary, really. And I think you'd dig it. And uh, apparently, you fucking didn't. (laughs) I was doing some research uh, into this episode, as I always do. But there was two um, reviews that I found, which I think really showed the gamut of response this movie got. So one was from The Hollywood Reporter, and they wrote, Gretel and Hansel may alienate some horror movie fans with with its extremely leisurely pacing and emphasis on atmosphere and mood rather than visceral shocks. But while the film certainly demands patience, it provides ample rewards with its lush stylization. 
Whereas the other review I read was by the Associated Press and it wrote, Gretel and Hansel is as visually arresting as it is tedious. A 90-minute movie that really should have been a three-minute music video for Marilyn Manson or Ozzy Osbourne. Fuck. That is... I think that really shows the varying reactions this film got. I saw a lot of reviews that said a fairly similar thing. They were like, it's obviously a cool short film idea that he somehow stretched out over 90 minutes. Mm. That's what I felt like. Aesthetically, it's bloody awesome. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It is like yeah, the yeah, color, yeah. The color palette, the design of it's cool. Some of the camera angles are really questionable. Um, I don't like that mid shot that's kind of just like uh, you know, the mid shot of the, the face as they're walking and it's kind of like a shaky cam. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The, there's there's okay. certain shots in it that are really off, I think. But mm. aesthetically, it, it looks good. Yeah. No no real story to grab onto for me. What the fuck do you... Oh, you fucking idiot. Nah, come on, Tom. Yeah, you know it no. should just be called Gretel. Why is Hansel even there? Why is he well, there? Well, no, because, because that's the point. You know what? Now you've got Hansel is there so that she this. can... Now, nah, fucking shut up. Hansel nah, is there. I'll tell you what. There. All right, go on. Let's go. Fucking okay. here we go. You know what I hate in movies? What? Voiceovers. When they're done right, they're bloody great. In this, garbage. Now, I'll tell you, like Tom, Damo, we're familiar with some writing techniques. Mm -hmm. If you want to get rid of a shitty voiceover, give the character a sidekick so they can bounce ideas off. This film has a sidekick. His name is Hansel. He just doesn't do anything. He's the most pointless character (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. Admittedly, I was really tired when I watched this and I may have like drifted <laughs> through certain bits of it. I can only assume when I drifted, Hansel was doing things. Hansel's purpose in the story, though, isn't to be the sidekick. He's the burden on her. She is kind of begrudgingly taking him along so that when the witch offers her that choice at the end or about halfway through, you can actually see that maybe she's questioning whether she should abandon Hansel and actually accept what this witch is giving her, which is, which is, I think, a really interesting point. And then she chooses to let him go because while he is a burden on her, she's not going to eat him. Yeah. No, I agree, Tom. And I think, I think he, he served a purpose uh, to, to, to Gretel in that role where, yeah, she, he was the thing she either had to sacrifice or save. Um, as well as, yeah, she, he was the burden she had to carry around with him that, that the witch could basically use against her because she'd sort of had a similar story where she obviously chose to eat her children, as as you do. Yeah. But I don't think the character of Hansel had a lot for the story, for the plot. I think this is where, Carney, you're, you could have asked for a bit more there, where it definitely served Gretel's character and Gretel's arc, but the character himself of Hansel was... Wasn't really fleshed out as much as it could have been, I suppose. Can I just we'll rewind back to you know before this movie was made and we're brothers grim territory? Hansel does fuck all in that original fairy tale. He's the fucking dumb little fat fuck that walks into that <laughs> gingerbread house and gets fed. Yeah. Gretel is the one doing all of the heavy lifting. So sure enough, in an adaptation of that, she does all the heavy lifting again. I agree, and I like that they they had her name first, Gretel and Hansel. Because it was saying that's who the story is really about. Because yeah. it very much is. Where, like you say, Hansel really just smelt some cake and walked towards a house at some point. Such a little fat fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the the aesthetics were stunning, as you said. Stylistically, I I have zero complaint with this film. It it created a world 
I'm trying to think if I've seen that world, that version of a dark fairy tale in another movie. Because I, I honestly can't think of a version where I've seen it done as well. And as someone who loves fairy tale, who loves mythology, it it really hit the note for me. I, I was... So I, I didn't rate this movie highly. I think I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. You both fucking clowns. But, but the experience of watching it, uh, perhaps because it wasn't overly scary, was enjoyable because I happened to watch it uh, during the day on a rainy Saturday and it was perfect. I was in blankets, I had some whiskey and I was watching this dark fairy tale world come to life in front of me. So I honestly enjoyed the experience of watching the movie. However, I don't rate letterboxed movies by the experience I've had. I've, I try to do it. I try to do a cold take when I review movies. I don't, I don't give hot fives like you, Tom. <laughs> if I give a five, it's a cold five. Mate, Damo, can I ask how long do you wait between credits have rolled and you're posting your review? If I feel like, as soon as the, if I feel like midway through the movie, I'm like, I already know what this rating is then I'll, I'll happily, and I've already half written my review in my head, yeah. then I'll do it as soon as the movie finishes. That's what I did with this. Yeah, but if I need to sit on it for a bit, for this one, I think I waited till the next day. Um, then, yeah, I'll do it the next day. I quite regularly do it the day after because I, I do want a cold, I genuinely want a cold take. I want that, what did I think of the movie as a movie rather than what did I think of my experience? Because any movie I'm watching with you two guys is immediately given an extra star <laughs> because I'm watching it with you two guys. That's not... Uh, that's not really how it should work, in my opinion. Obviously, Tom, I know you're all about the experience. I, well, that's it. Like, I, I watched this in a very similar scenario to you, Damo, in that it was a rainy, cold weekend, blankets, glass of red, curtains down, nice and toasty. And I just, I, I gave this a five because I loved the world. I loved the setting, the scenario. And I think I, I was struggling to think of a world that's similar in a film. There's definitely a lot of books mm. like this. Um, but yes, yeah. I think the closest we've gotten a film is something like Stardust, but even then, that's not super dark. No, that's what came to my mind. But that's almost a, a different type of fairy tale in a, in a sense. Yeah. But I agree. The, that experience of if, if if you're in the mood for a slower paced movie, then this is the perfect thing to throw on. Which kind of luckily for me, I was. It just so happened that the experience was perfect. So while we're, I there's not a pl- lot of plot happening, and it is a slow film in a way. But I was I was enjoying the rambliness of it, and it's just slowly the the long shots of the scenery because it was beautiful scenery. It was absolutely every every detail was perfect. The colors of it and everything, the the style of the house. At first, I'm like, "Where's my gingerbread house?" But then the style of the house and even like the woodshed or the tool shed or whatever it was was eerie and creepy and the forest was did hold menace in it really really well and then the orange lights from within the house that was sort of you had such little lighting and it was always this orange glow from the windows through these lead lined windows i really was just like yeah this is a book these are like the books i've read about come to life i really enjoyed that part i really soaked that up Feels like more than a two and a half star film, Damo. But the film, <laughs> but the film itself, I only deserved two and a half because there were points that that didn't work for me. Like I, I don't understand why we had the magic mushroom scene. Just to be cool. Just to be cool, right? And I've got yeah. no time for that. I've got no like it. If that was the reason they went off the road, eh, oh, maybe that's a good idea. But it shouldn't be because the reason they go off the road is because they're they're led away by the temptation of the food that the witch is offering. Like 
It doesn't need that. Same for the woodsmen we see at the start and the night they spend in that house where that creepy zombie type thing jumps out at them. None of that was necessary. Mum had already quite aggressively kicked them out of home with a threat of murder. They already had more than enough reason to go on the road and try to find work on the other side of the forest. So like, there was so much that did feel like, oh shit, how do we, how do we fill this out a bit more? So even for its slower pacing, there were still moments that just weren't necessary. The scene with the mum was really good. That was, if I have to think, it's probably my favourite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. What's the line? She's like, if you don't leave now, go outside and dig a grave and dig for one for you yeah. as well or something yeah. like that. Dig a grave for me and dig yeah. another one for you. It's pretty chilling. It is chilling. It's so horribly bleak. Actually, and another thing, I, the, the scene I potentially really enjoyed... Um, was the opening scene, the opening sequence of of her telling the fairy tale. See, there I was in that voiceover at the start was fine because she's telling us the story. Yeah. But there was um, there was a point later in the film when all of a sudden she did some voiceover, and it it clearly hadn't been used for a while because it wasn't necessary. They were using it as a crutch to sort of go, oh shit, we need to get some exposition across here. Let's quickly plug in some more um, some more of her speaking. And it drew, drew me out to the point where I said to Holly, has she been doing voiceover the whole time? And Holly's like, yeah, yeah, she's been doing it the whole time. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that's probably not good that I've picked, I've clocked that. But at the start, it worked really well. And the, the, the fairy tale she told at the start with that terrifying little girl in the pink bonnet, oh. that was really good. Straight away, like the, watching that, Thomas, was exactly what, when you, when you said to me, oh, Damo, I think this is a film you're going to enjoy. Those first 10 minutes, I'm like, Tom was right. I am, I am so into this creepy little fairy tale. I, I just... It, okay, I need to just put it on some record of some sort to just be like, I feel like we watched completely different films because I did not find it slow. I felt it breezed past. The credits started rolling and I was like, fuck, that was only 80-something minutes. Like, it didn't drag for me. Okay, that is interesting because, like, like I said, I... I was enjoying the slowness, but I was also aware of it. It's like when you're just sort of in a more, I don't know, meditative state of mind and you're kind of happy to take things slow and, and just breathe in the moment. So I was of that mind, but I was aware that as for, for a movie, is like, oh, shit, it's taking a while for us to get to this house. And then even once we're in the house, it's like, well, now what? We've still got, you know, 40, 50 minutes to kill before she attempts to kill them. I don't know how many scenes we're going to get of her fattening them up because really in the in the fairy tale that's the that's the witch's whole goal get them nice and plump before she throws them in the fire. So I was a bit a bit aware of just yeah that that we've got a lot of time to fill without a lot of story taking place. So did you feel Tom that there was just constantly things happening? Well, not constantly things happening, but it never felt like... I loved that whole scene with the hunter and then you just never saw him again because that's such a fairy tale thing. Oh, there's this, there's this dude, he's fucking on a horse and he saved my life and he's fucked off again. I just, I just bought into that world as a concept so easily mm. and like the, the narration fit because it was her telling the fairy tale of her own kind of adventure, I suppose. So all the things that you're saying you guys hated, I'm like, no, nah, it was fucking good. I was fucking tight. I liked it. Yeah. Well, that's all right, man. Sometimes people just like. <laughs> Fair enough. This movie just Fair spoke enough. to you. Didn't speak to yeah. me. I wasn't. I wasn't awake enough for it to get through. <laughs> so to So this me. is a you problem. Yeah. The movie was probably shaking me and be like, "Wake up, dickhead!" And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> no, nah, it is. It is. I cop that. I think if I was fully awake, I would still only probably give it a two and a half mm. because it, for me, it didn't have the. It, 
It didn't have heart, Tom. Yeah. Well, no, there's no heart. I, I thought. It is interesting that the, the first movie we've really disagreed upon is the, it's one of the first ones we haven't seen together. <laughs> yeah. 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 I reckon I could have yeah. got you guys up to a four. I have that power. If I'd watched it with you, Tom, I think you would have convinced me of it being, yeah, a stronger piece. I think I would have, your your enjoyment of it would have would have soaked into me and I would have had more to, more to enjoy from it. I've dragged my housemate from slightly enjoying fighting with my family as like a three and a half, four to a ten. Oh, shit. Just by talking to him as the film was going along. I'm very good at getting people to hype up to my own bullshit. <laughs> I'm now questioning I'm now questioning every movie I've ever watched with you and whether I actually enjoyed it or not. Hey, it was experience. Well, I think the ones we've watched together, Damo kind of you level out Tom's bullshit. Okay. But now what I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, Tom, is I have a feeling every single movie I've seen with you in a cinema has been a five. Sure. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I can't think of one that isn't. <laughs> Considering you guys have on record Given Tom Cruise's The Mummy five stars because you watched it together, that says everything. We should do it for this show. Yeah. It's kind of horror. <laughs> We've got to watch it together yeah. because otherwise it's a dog shit movie. <laughs> Is it though? Sean, you know in your heart it's good. It killed a franchise. Oh, shit. I do, I do, love, my, I do love my TC. He's, he's a fucking yeah. jerk. It, it, uh, it should have worked. It didn't. The fact that it didn't says it's, it's not a five-star film. Didn't it? No, it should have. It's got Rusty. It's got Tom. It's got so many things going for it. And yet, I didn't watch it with you guys. And I did not give it five stars. That's for sure. We'll get you. We'll yeah, get we will. Prediction. When we watch it, when we watch we'll it together, get it's getting a four <laughs> from you, yeah. Amo. That is a huge call. No that lower than huge, a four. Mate. We'll see. I, I think... I think we can get there. You're going to ply me with all sorts of liqueurs and food and make me nice and happy. You're going to basically the witch me. I'm going to be your Hansel and you're going to the witch me. Yeah. 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 You just come to the house. I got my fingers painted black. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. So I got to ask a question: Were we scared? Yes. 
to um, an extent. For me, probably the most... I wasn't, like, scared, but probably the mo- the freakiest part of it was early on when you're in that house and just that guy, like, the zombie guy slowly mm. rises up into the frame and I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. What mm. have I got myself into here? Um, apart from that, not really. No. It wasn't jump scary. Um, I wasn't really that unsettled by it. That could have been the tiredness, though. I, I felt lingering dreads throughout. Yeah, dread's a good word. Dread and eeriness mm. would be my two... Descriptive words for it because yes, yeah, scared. Definitely, I was. I was. I felt like I was always really waiting for something to scare me, like with like with that creepy yep. dude at the start. But it never really came. And there are some films where, like, uh, there are some films where that happens, and you it only makes you more scared because you're just waiting for it. Where for this one, it actually made me lower my guard. I kind of thought, oh, I don't think it is coming. I don't think I'm gonna get a big in your face kind of a scare because even the oh, the man. witch is obviously our villain. We kind of know where she is most of the time. It's not really she's hiding in the shadows. She's up to no she's got a you know, she did have a secret room, but even then she wasn't in it most of the time, so it's just a room really. The dream scenes scared me. Anytime yes. Gretel fell asleep, I'd start to get anxious. That's that's what I was about to say as well, especially the very first one um where there was like the little girl running around in the background Classic horror trope that gets me every fucking time. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't need little kids running around a house ever to the point where if I ever have my own kids, I'm going to be terrified of them. <laughs> I, I need to just have them in clear view all the time. So, yeah, I agree. The dream sequences. Um, and there was that. I don't know if it necessarily scared me, but its creepiness was very well done where the, the younger sort of version of the witch comes in gets her barrel of slops, throws it across the table, takes out the, the child's arm from mm. a separate bucket of pieces, drops it on the top, and you're like, what the fuck is happening here? And then that slow... I, li- I liked it, especially that part I liked was the slow sort of her magicking it into the food that we've seen so many times because along the way you were like, hold on, that's not, that, that's not the fucking food, is it? And of course, yes, it is, and they've been eating this. Children, basically, children, leftover children, chum. Uh, so that part, that part got me in its creepiness. Like I did feel like a certain level of revulsion. That revulsion deep inside me. It's more unpleasant than scary, I think. Yeah, I I agree that that off puttingness kind of lingers throughout the anytime anytime she falls asleep and she's dreaming, but you're not sure if she's dreaming. I think the, the reason I was a bit spooked by that is because I was like, well, anything can happen because we've seen some fucked shit happen yeah. in those periods. I, I was thinking about it during the film and I actually think the the witch herself fit the aesthetic perfectly. She was a crone, as we said. She had those black fingers, so straight away you're like, oh, that's gross and unsettling. However, I think for it to creep me out, for it to creep Damien Rob out... It's it's that thing where you take something that's actually sweet and turn it evil and turn it creepy. So I think if she'd presented to me as a kindly grandmotherly, you know, plump with an apron and sweet as pie and you just can't help but like her within the first minute and then slowly became evil and slowly the creepiness of this pleasant grandma becoming evil grandma. I think for me personally, that would have terrified me far more. I think that this kind of story needs that. I'm surprised they didn't mm. go down that path. Because from the moment you meet her, you're kind of like, oh, fuck. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though you know the fairy tale, I still want to be given, like, a sweet, kind character to begin with to see them get sucked in. Yep. Right. Because our characters, the, the characters that are, are our way into the film, 
I'm thinking, well, they should clearly think, well, she's a witch or some kind of evil person. She's got black fucking fingers, for God's sake. Like, no one mentioned that. No one said, by the way, uh, your fingers are black. What's that about? Like, Mm. she so obviously was the personification of a witch, and yet they didn't pick up on it. Well, no, but Gretel is kind of a witch as well. Like, has that... I think it plays up to that trope of, you know, the mystical woman in the woods who everyone thinks is a witch but actually isn't, but in this case actually was. Yeah, okay. I did really like Gretel's arc. I, I liked the way they had to... you they She had to sort of rid herself of Hansel and how what the witch was offering was really appealing. Like, we kind of seen... There was that scene early on where she goes to the castle to get a job yep. and the guy asks her if, he's a, if she's a virgin... And you're like, oh, that's a shit time to be alive for a woman. So straight away, like the idea of her being able to ha- to get power through these mystical means, of course, that's going to be appealing for her character. So I thought that was incredibly well done. He was a very gross, gross character. Yeah, that actor did it too well, to be honest. I'm like, I feel like that's not the first time you've asked someone if they're a virgin. <laughs> when, when Tom told us to watch this movie, I like skimmed through just to sort of um, have a look at sort of what it would look like and that was like the scene i i landed on and i was right. like oh man this looks really just gross and unpleasant if if you want to do a like a disgusting villain just give them fucked teeth yeah <laughs> fucked teeth and a fucked personality that triggers me fuck teeth i saw that and went oh yeah, yeah. villain villains with bad teeth <laughs> bad guys don't go to the dentist <laughs> <laughs> And one thing, just before we jump into how they reacted, one thing I wanted to talk about were the accents, because they were all over the shop. Mm-hmm. It's just natural accents, mate. It's like <laughs> a play. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, it is like a play, but again, like, his name's Hansel and Gretel. Like, we didn't get anywhere near that level of Germanicness in it. Well, I suppose the, the witch was Germanish. She has old lady creepy voice. That's her voice. Yeah, and then the Gretel was just American, as far as I could tell. Do you really want? Do you really want Hansel, that kid who played him, to have to juggle an accent as well? <laughs> he was having a hard enough time as it is. Fuck. He was juggling an accent, <laughs> so he was putting on British, right? Ugh. And then Holly was—I was me and Holly were talking about this. Well, Mike, I'm pretty sure he's trying to be British, and Holly's like, "No, no, no. There's there's some Irish in there." To the point where, like, where does this kid even come from that I Googled him and found out he's American? (laughs) I found some very strange fan sites for this eight-year-old boy who's done one movie. Are you fucking kidding? I'm not fucking kidding. There was some, like, middle-aged women who were very impressed by his skills. What, from this film? Yes. Did you find a pedophile den? Yeah. Is that what you've done? (laughs) I think... Look, I, I I dipped my black fingers into the bottom half of the internet and I did not look <laughs> oh, what I found. Demo, don't Jesus. go to the bottom half of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but through that, I did find out he's American. So he was already trying to juggle an accent, which I agree, Carney, he was not succeeding <sighs> mm-hmm. at. But he is also like eight years old, so fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't want to... I don't want to shit on him. I hope he has a long and great career. Yeah. But fuck, he was bad in this. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't <laughs> handle an axe to save his life. <laughs> Good luck to you. Good luck to you. All right. Well, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Mainly Gretel, because I don't feel like Hansel didn't really do much of anything. Oh, he acted like a fucking idiot. (laughs) Well, yeah, he definitely didn't act wisely. From my point of view, yeah, I I think she 
I mean, if I were her, <laughs> just the witch is just from the outset just a witch. She's a crone, right? So I, it annoys me a little bit that she trusts her, but then again, that's the story. Like she has to go in there and she has to, you know, interact with her. But but also she's offering her something that no one else has been able to offer her. Yeah, including her own mother. That it's really clever the way they. Make the mum a real piece of shit mm. because then you like you do you. I guess you're right, Tom. You you, you buy it, don't you? Mm. You well, buy yeah. that she would want to have a connection with someone else because she's come from such a a bad place. Yeah. So maybe she did act wisely to a point. I I think she did all right because there was she was questioning it early on and she was sort of relaying some of her fears to Hansel, and then she kind of did a bit of a one eighty, but they justified it through this. Well, here's some power you can have. She went off into the woods. Talk to a tree, holy shit. So I actually think that worked pretty well. So by the time Hansel's having doubts, she's she's less inclined to listen to him and more inclined to She's shifted off, yeah. Yeah. And then you obviously have that pretty good scene where she drags him outside and says, Well, fuck off then, basically. And then he's kind of lost. And she wakes up and she can't remember if that was real or f- that was pretty good. Because you're like, oh shit, if that had been if you've anyone's gotten annoyed at a younger sibling and told them to f off, and then thought, "Holy crap, I've just doomed them to to being eaten by a witch," you're not going to be very all that happy with yourself. <laughs> we can all relate yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, we will be. So I, I agree. I think she. I think she mostly acted pretty wisely. Obviously, she fucking owned it in the last scene where she uh, pinned the witch to the wall with her own witchy stick, sets her on fire, and then and then accepts the responsibility of being the new witch and going, right, I'm going to be the witch of these woods, but I'm going to do it different. And mm. that I, I will say this. I love that final shot. She gets the powers. The witch is dead. So the kids' spirits are then freed. Mm. And then she kind of, her fingers go black and she looks up off into the distance and she sees something that frightens her and we don't see it. Yeah. And I kind of like that. And the narration being like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it differently. And I've just got to make sure I don't succumb to it. And it's like, fuck, is she- is she going to succumb to it? Yeah, because her words are so hopeful. The voiceover we're getting that point is so, is so hopeful that you're believing it up until the point where you see her fingers stain black and, yeah, that look of fear that we don't see. I agree. I thought it was really well done. It needed that last drop of anxiety and dread because that's what the whole film was. It was soaked in it. So, yeah, I agree. All right, mm. well, then how would we have handled this situation? How would we have done with a witch offering us some pretty delicious eats? You'd both be dead. I would have eaten you both to become a witch. <laughs> Fucking no-brainer. Dickless trader strikes again. You clearly came to this episode with that answer well-formulated in your head. Well, I wasn't going to kill you, Damo. Then I saw you gave it two and a half stars. So now you're both <laughs> fucking dead. We have, to, we have to go in there and interact with the witch? Is that like the kicking oh, the stones? Oh, for sure. Over? Of course. Yep. Yep. That's our, yep. As far as I'm concerned, there is no question. If I was starving in the woods and I saw a feast laid on a table... I wouldn't hesitate. I'm like, if it's dying in the woods or eating this delicious looking food, I'm going to eat that food 10 times out of 10. We've also just done a heap of drugs. This is one of those situations then in a film where once you kick the stones over, I I don't really see another option because it's not like, say say I'm Gretel, it's not like I can suddenly realise, oh, she's bad and then run away. I don't think she's going to let me run away. So I'm kind of trapped you have to just see. You have to see this thing through to the end. It's a weird one. It is a weird one. I think that raises a good point because obviously they stayed on, where it was sort of they said, "Oh, we'll help you around the house to repay you for your food." Um, then the kid decided he wanted to learn how to be a woodsman. Then obviously Gretel got the 
the the witchy powers coming through. But they really can't. Could they have left at any point if they'd wanted to? It's I, never clear. I think not. You think the witch would let them leave? I don't think so. I would say, for the sake of the argument, though, that if they, I think, look, I don't know how the magic and the world works, but my gut feel is in like a fairy tale witch world. It feels right that in order for her to do what she wants, they have to choose to stay. Mm. They can't be held against their will because I feel like that would break some kind of spell thing. Mm. And because you were both so distrustful, we and and look to be fair, me as well. I would have rolled into that. You know, I joked about becoming a witch. We would we would all three of us would have rolled into that. Be like eating some food. She's like, "Do you want to stay?" We'd have been like, "Absolutely, fucking not. We're out <laughs> yeah, of here." Yeah, we've got places to be. Thanks. So we'd survive that. We'd absolutely survive. Our inherent distrust of old crones would keep us alive. <laughs> well, suppose it's a matter of if would she let us go? Would she go? Oh well, I tried, and then just kill us. Because we're not going to sort of get seduced by her her offer of magic powers. So, like, would she have just gone, oh, well, oh, shucks, missed out on that one. I'll add them to the slops pile and just have done us in. No, but would we be clever? So, we, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, we'll stick around. And then when she falls asleep, we, you know, under the blanket, turn our, our torch on and have a little chat. And be like, <laughs> yeah. right, we've got a plan how to get out of here. <laughs> like, that's what hey, we have Sean. to do, right? Yeah. And we die trying. Mate, you know... <laughs> You know how we get out of that house. How, you get man. rid of the house. Burn it oh. to the ground. Oh, Tom. Tom. Up to my old tricks. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> hell. Screams of you. You say like, I don't know why I didn't think of it. Yeah, you say like it's a revelation. We do it every fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> every episode, the solution always winds its way back to, what if we set the whole fucking thing on yeah. fire? <laughs> and it, annoyingly, again, it is arguably the right choice because obviously burning the witch in the fairy tale and in the movie is what won the day. So annoyingly, that, that does feel like it would work. But in this situation, are we so panicked that we're not thinking straight? And we go the opposite and we just flood. What have we flooded the house? <laughs> That's a nice change of pace. Let's do that. Let's flood her in. Drown her. I don't think it would work. <laughs> I think the problem is though. Is there even any like pipe? Does, is there any water coming into that house? I don't think there is. <laughs> <laughs> just slop magic water. Yeah. So that's when we that's when we get our tools out and go, we're going to fix the plumbing in your house. Yeah. And then once we fix it, then we drown her with it. <laughs> and that's how we get out. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea, but we need to remember... She literally drank poison knowingly and the witch this is and happily survived. Like she's 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 playing a game of chess. She's a few moves ahead of us. Yeah. I think fire. Yeah, I think the fire. Fire It's what got her. It's what got her. And it's more immediate. You don't have to tweak the plumbing before you can set it off. You just light a match. <laughs> Um, I think the other thing we've we got to factor in though, boys, is she's kind of just like one step. And it's that creepy little fucking girl that's pulling the strings who, based on my understanding at the end of that film, is still alive. So I think we have to burn the woods. The whole woods. Yep. But, man, there's other things. I think there's other things out there. That creates a whole new set of problems. Mm. Or is it more of a we'll face that when we come to it? I think that. Yeah. <sighs> I, th- I think our, our answer, if we can pull it off, which, again, I'm not sure of because I don't know if she would just go on the attack. But our answer is, as always, run away. Just give in to the cowardliness oh. and, and go. All three, we can basically be like, hey, we're all going to go chop some wood. It takes all three of us to swing an axe because we're not strong boys. Let's all go out, chop some wood, and then never come back. Yep. yep. I feel like lying to her fucks us hard, though. Mm. <laughs> because she'll see through it? Yeah, she'll know when it's running away. She fucking, again, Damo said she's playing a chess game and she's 80 years ahead. 
We've got to put a bomb in the house. Yeah. Yep. We go off to chop wood. Bang. Basically, if we just chop wood every day and slowly fill the house with wood so that when we light it, it just goes up in an immediate bonfire. Nah, big fan. That's pretty much the only way to do it. Yeah. Fire is the only way. Fire is the only way. My only other thought Again, was if, it's what kills if we it. can find some other children traveling around just to do the, the old trade-off. <laughs> Bait and switch. Bait and switch, yeah. Put them in our clothes. Find Gretel and Hansel, swap them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's the answer, to be honest. Would we consider Would we consider when we're out chopping wood, like starting, not burning her house, but starting a fire in the woods to try and like bring help? Oh, that's quite good, actually. Bring in the outside world. Because it is it quite so obviously so isolated. Like maybe the huntsman who we've met earlier will be like, oh, what's going on over yep. there? And he'll come and help out. All the foresters that we're going to meet. It's an option. That is a potential solution. Yeah. Otherwise, go find some creepy zombies and bring them home and sick them on yeah, it. Yeah, what's the deal with that guy? I have no idea. Monster. Spooky. Why does he live in a house, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got to live somewhere, can't he? God. You elitist fuck. <laughs> Get under a bridge, you rat. (laughs) (laughs) You rat piece of shit. (laughs) Okay, well, let's say we defeat the witch. Does that make us... Will we then become witches? Will we get black fingernails and have to live at her house? No, I think you've got to actively choose that. Because we're not using magic powers. She's not training us. Yeah, we don't have any power. We're just little Hansels. (laughs) We're three little Hansels. (laughs) (laughs) Our accents are all over the shop. All right. Then, yeah, I think that's our answer. We light her on fire. We we walk away and we make a pact to never talk about the time we killed an old woman. Done. (laughs) Uh, Stupid crone. And that's all the scaredy talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you scaredy listeners have any comments about this episode or would like to say hi or suggest some movies for us to watch, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.